Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast, the podcast that 100% would hit the bar and the post at least 30 times before scoring in the league. My name is Chris, I am your host, and uh, this week I am joined by my usual crew of Jazz and Phil. How are we doing? Hello, uh, we are good. Well, I am good. I don't want to speak for Jeremy, <laughs> Jazz, but I good? hope he's good. <laughs> Me too. Thanks. Excellent, excellent. Hey, Brass didn't lose, Jess. All right, you've got to take the small wins from from where we are. That's that's how you view it. And Brighton didn't play. Oh no, they did play. Sorry, cut game. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> we are, as usual, going to go through the weekend's action. Uh, a couple of bits and bobs that we want to touch on as well. Uh, some cup action and uh, something a little bit more delicate, which we will come on to towards the end of the pod. Uh, so let's get into the weekend's action then, and then we will start our roundup. So uh, at the top, we will come back to a few of these games in a bit more depth, but on Friday night, um, actually, before we say Friday night, we should say there was a game in midweek, which I should just mention, which also involved Marseille. Uh, they actually lost at home to Lyon. That was in the rearranged fixture. Sorry, away to Lyon, I should say. In the rearranged fixture, that was the one where it all went off with Payet and the bottle and everything. Um, Gendouzi put Marseille in front, but uh, Shakiri, who is now off to Chicago, which is fun. And uh, Moussa Dembele's 90th minute winner secured the points for more much needed points for Peter Bosch. More on him later. So good win that for Lyon. That was in midweek, as I say. Um, however, the weekend's action saw Marseille go back into action. They were at home this time against Angers, and they were 2 0 down inside 10 minutes from Volgini and Bentaleb. However, then the machine woke up. A hat trick from Arcadius Milik, sandwiching a goal from Gerson, and a late finish from Cengiz Under secured a comeback 5 2 victory for Marseille. Good performance that from them in the end, if it didn't particularly start well. Um, speaking of good performances, that led us on to the Saturday where Phil wouldn't have been very happy. Eliwahi would have uh, made her very happy as Montpellier went in front away at St Etienne before the roof caved in in the last 10 minutes. Uh, Ryanaman Emuma got the equaliser on the 82nd minute before Norda and Wabi Kazri, who else, got two goals in stoppage time to secure uh, what you feel could be one of those kind of moments, you know, in a season where teams get a result and it somehow changes their fortunes. It's a really I big win that. Just just on that, obviously uh while he started scoring, that was good. And um Jonas Omla and the uh in the Montpellier goal, he made five saves. So he shot 71 in total for the season. Second only behind Lopez uh, of OL on 75. But he went off for the last 20 minutes injured. And for uh, Dimitri Bertol, who also played, I think he played in the cup game that Montpellier lost to uh, Marseille. And you have to hope that Pat Homlin uh, injury isn't serious because of what happened late on with the three goals in 10 minutes. I th- one of the high ups at Montpellier said that being, I think, quite diplomatic, said that uh, Omlan had basically got the psychological um, win over Saint-Étienne 
And so it was him going off and Berto coming on that they started trying again. I'm not sure that's entirely the full story, but he is at least trying to keep all of his goalkeepers happy. But yeah, that was bad. Bad, 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 bad. Certainly from a Montpellier point of view, um, on the of course, on the other side of the, 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 the can, as it was kicked, as it were. Um, much needed points for, for St Etienne, especially Still when we bottom, come on to But now two wins on the bounce. So. Yes. And, and conceding far less goals. which Possibly pulling themselves together. Yes, indeed. And speaking of teams pulling themselves together, uh, Monaco are another one of those in that particular batch. And their new manager, Clement, seems to have got a tune out of them all of a sudden. Because uh, Jean Lucas, who else? The case is former squad, former side, I should say, uh, scoring the opener against Lyon to put them in front before a terrific goal from Vissan Bermiada in the 27th minute. Not a penalty this week, but no, very much a goal worth checking out if you haven't seen it already. And that secured three points for Monaco and put more pressure on uh, an already under pressure Peter Boss to say we may well get to that in a moment. On the Sunday, we saw a couple of very noticeable results, uh, none more so at the Moustoire. Naturally, I'm a bit biased, but you know. Uh, Lorient beat Lons by two goals to nil uh, to New Your Boys on the score sheet. win in 16 games, I Yeah, much needed as well. And, you know, it came with a little, there was a little bit of a, little bit of a fortune in terms of, um, uh, in terms of Lorient sort of, Riding the storm early on, I think it's fair to say, but um, Sumano's goal just before half time paved the way. And then, with his very first touch in a, in a L'Oreal shirt, uh, Kone came off the bench to um, score what's probably going to be the easiest goal of his career as he uh, sort of just drifted off the back post and had a tap in from five yards into an empty net. And happy days. Um, this will surprise nobody, but uh, Yannick Kozak was also sent off on the bench for Lodz. Uh, so yeah, he's all red just just for a change um, for his protestations. But good win that for Lorient. And speaking of good wins, uh, Clermont got a very good win, slightly unexpectedly away at Nice. Uh, Rashani with the goal in the seventy seventh minute, really big points those. And Clermont just seemed to be turning a, a corner in their form. A really big win this against. Uh, Champions League chasing Nice, it should be said. Uh, Bordeaux are very much not chasing the Champions League. Uh, anything but. They once again opened up, opened wide at the back and allowed Rouse to penetrate them with five goals in the uh, in a space of, was it about 26 in-game minutes, 36 in-game minutes? Uh, Hugo Ekitike and Montesi with the opening two for Matuasa got the third on 59. Face with the fourth on 62 and Matesi again with the fifth on 76. Um, it didn't help that they had somebody sent off as well. Yeah, Ignatenko was sent when off. When 4-0 down, I mean, yeah. that is not a good time. To... It, it doesn't. It's never a good time, but that was particularly problematic. Yeah. They yeah. are dropping like a stone. They really are. It's it's a sad state of affairs. And just when you thought maybe they were getting their acting gear, no, off come the wheels. And you do wonder how much longer Petkovic has got. Um, but speaking of sides that are upwardly mobile, that includes Strasbourg, who once again, another three points for them, this time at home to Nantes. Uh, Dimitri Leonard with a rare goal for him. 74th minute winner, 1-0 Strasbourg. Happy days for them. They continue their upwardly mobile push. Uh, Trois and Met. Probably got the result that neither particularly needed a nil-nil draw 
which is a little bit status quo for both sides. I mean, as we said in the out there, it's, it's good that neither lost, but in a weekend where teams below them won, um, you would see that as a missed opportunity for both. Uh, Ren got a 2-0 win over Brest. Gates uh, on the board, um, Martin Terrier continues his good scoring touch at the moment. Uh, lifts Ren back, or consolidate, I should say, into fifth place after a, a sticky run. Good win for them at home. And finally, which is where we'll start our roundup, uh, Leo won PSG 5, uh, two goals from Danilo Pereira, of all people. Uh, one goal for Leo Messi, his second in Liga. Presno Kimpembe, rather surprisingly, I thought, scoring his first ever Liga goal. I was very surprised to read that stat. And um, Kylian Mbappe with an outrageously good strike, uh, kind of his trademark now, cutting in from the left and uh, smashing in the fifth. Uh, Sven Botman had briefly equalised after a, a moment of magic from debutant Hassan Benalfa, but it was all in vain. And it's uh, it's there that I'm going to start sort of breaking down the weekend's action. Um, Jez, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you first on this one. PSG, I, you know, impressive. I think it's fair to say. I, I wouldn't say they, they blew me away in terms of that Lille really handed them, particularly the first two goals on a plate, um, <laughs> I've never been convinced by by the uh, the, the Lille goalkeeper, um, Brinic, Brinic, I can never pronounce his name correctly, the Croatian in goal from Atletico Madrid, Gervic, sorry, that's that's the right way to pronounce it. Um, the first goal was inexplicable, where he sort of jumped forward and pushed the ball behind him. The second goal, I think even Joseph Fon couldn't hide his disgust at how he completely missed the cross just as they got, got level. I guess what the question I would ask you, Jazz, is is this just PSG going, oh, we've got Real Madrid next week, we should probably find a bit of form? Um, or is this once again not, I don't want to be harsh, not papering over the cracks, but when Lille presents arguably three of the five goals, did they just take their chances and that was that? I think it's probably a mixture of all of that. Um, it, what, I thought it was a good, imp- a good performance by PSG, I think, um, <clears throat> Messi looked more comfortable sort of down the middle and back as a sort of false number nine. Um, I've always thought Mbappe is better coming off a flank, although I, I still like him off the right as well. But um, I think he's more comfortable there. And again, I think assuming that Di Maria's injury isn't too bad, which I don't think it is, when Neymar comes back, I think that's when the problems come back because then um Pochettino is again obliged to fit all four of them in I think things are a lot easier when there's only three because you can you can as long as you sort of put them in the right places they're going to perform well together um so I did think it was a good performance um they did take their chances they did every now and again we see these performances where they're suddenly all playing as a team as a collective forwards tracking back defenders helping out going forward that kind of thing usually they save them for the big matches like for example against City earlier in the season so the fear I guess if you want to sort of, you know be glass half empty you could say well they're, they're a little bit premature they should have saved their sort of once every couple of months performance for next week or if you're a glass half full you could say this is good they're sort of you know focusing their minds and gearing up to it but yeah I think overall definitely a lot of positives um but you also have to sort of take the fact that Gerbic had an absolute nightmare I mean Lecky gave him one out of ten which which says it all I think um so yeah maybe five one was a little bit flattering I found that you know there was a lot of sort of raving about Messi's performance 
which it was one of his better performances. But I, I still feel a bit like people are stretching. I mean, like if you look at the YouTube goals package every week, they always sort of repeat the best goals in slow motion. Like they'll go through all the goals once. But the best goals, they'll, you know, like Hamouma's the other day that, that Bertot had no chance with, um, or Mbappe's, um, you know, that they'll, they'll show it again in slow motion. Like Messi's was just, okay, it was a nice little chip, but, you know, he was presented, thanks to a ricochet, with the ball right in the centre of the goal, right on, in the middle of the area. Of course he was going to score. I feel like sometimes anything that Messi does that isn't missing chances or hitting the post, people are going to rave about. So let's not overdo it yet. Um, you know, he's scored as many goals all season as Danilo Pereira scored in that match. So, but everything is sort of, for the moment, looking like it's going in the right direction. Yeah, he's, he's definitely better in that central, almost false nine role, that's for sure. And like you say, that frees up Mbappe on the other side. And maybe the sort of Neymar returning to training pitches today is what presents the next problem. How do you solve that kind of problem? I guess that's one for Pochettino and co. Um, Phil, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, just, just sort of brief. Well, two thoughts, really. We'll, we'll stick with Lille just for a minute before I switch games. But... Just a bump in the road. I mean, like you can't legislate for the mistakes that Gervich made, and you know, I know, I know he's got criticism for the two goals, but for me, I, I don't think he's looked comfortable like all season. This isn't just one game that I've looked at and gone, oh, I don't like it. I haven't fancied him. He just doesn't look going from Mike Magnon, who's so, so steady and and calm and composed, to to this guy who's just looked and all over the shop. Kind of the thing because Lille always had over the past two, three seasons, um, they had that backup. They had that back line. And that was a big part of their success. And now it's not brilliant. I mean, they're, um, what is it, 35 goals conceded? There's yeah. one, two... Three, four, five, six worse than them, and they're all in trouble. And so I think it this is making uh, making things a little bit more difficult for them because they don't have that kind of back bank wall that they were expecting mm. so it's unfortunate I mean I didn't actually watch this game because I was watching the Cannes final go Senegal marvellous um, but yeah this is a, a situation that has been going on for a while and that's why they're now Bottom at the table. I just, I just feel bottom half. I'm gonna say, I, I, I had to look twice, and I thought, did I miss something? Yeah. No, bottom half. Sorry. Yeah. Was what I meant, and that's problematic. Maybe when they get their strikers, Jonathan David, etc., back, things will pick up a bit, but. 
they look a long way off Europe. They played a weird sort of formation in that Ben Arthur played up front with David in this game and it, it sort of looked a little bit like he was playing kind of a false nine. I, I, I always feel like Lee will score goals. I just, God love um, Joseph Font, and I do, but I just think that just at 38, that there comes a point sort of where you just think maybe, maybe it might be time to sort of move forward from that. And with Botman being as good as he is, but likely to move on, you do slightly worry about the future if they can't get a consistent high calibre goalkeeper, um, maybe in, in the summer, because Gerrits is on loan, of course. So I don't think they will exercise that option to keep him if these performances continue. I wonder if somebody like Lecomte... I think, you know, Ray Nildo went to Atletico yeah, in January. True. I think that's a big miss. I don't think Botman's form has been anywhere near as good as it was last season, actually. No, that's fair. And then, you know, losing a Kone as well. I know he's not... hasn't... He's not always the most consistent of players, but he's still a quality player, which, you know, I don't think Weir is. I'm still not sure he's up to it. Ben Arthur, you know, very well what I think of him. So, yeah, I I feel sorry for them that everything is just constantly disrupted there. Yeah, 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 I think that's that's fair. And, and to be fair to Govanek, I mean, you know, at one point we were sort of talking it would be days rather than weeks rather than months that he'd lose his job and he has managed to turn things around and that uh, Champions League turnaround was quite something so maybe it is just still the not bedding in process but still a work in process I guess in in Neil's situation um I want to move on further when I just ask you briefly what you thought of Monaco um they they have slowly sort of re I'd say rebuilt that's a bit unfair but since the slightly controversial dismissal of Nico Kovac, they are on the rise. They're up to six now, um, three wins out of the last five. And under Clement, they look a slightly different side. They seem to be a bit more expansive. And um, there's just a noticeable upturn in their form and how they're addressing games. How much of this would you say there is again? How badly on work? Because I just thought they were really, really poor in this game. Having beaten Marseille, you thought they'd have been on the up and they just looked just completely devoid of anything. We'll come on to them in a minute, but Monaco, I mean, do, do you fancy them for a push now at this top three sort of stage of the They're season? They're hovering in a um, kind of dangerous way. And I think if you you mentioned that Wissembenia's goal was not a penalty, he also got the assist for the opener for Jean-Luc Um. Monaco do appear to be in just in good spirits. And I'm not sure how far that takes you, but it does appear to be having a bit of a, an impact. And we have, mentioned earlier, uh, the Coupe de France uh, quarterfinals are happening this midweek, and they are one of the first ones they're going to be playing Amiens. We don't know, obviously, who will be starting there. Might not be the big guys, but the, there does seem to be a good uh, atmosphere at Monaco. So maybe there's, you know, the top three are maybe set, but there's a lot of work to be done for the end of the season um, to get the other European, European places 
I think Monaco are in a really good place to challenge for that and start knocking people around and maybe have a couple. Mm. Yeah, I do I do like I do like so far what I've seen anyway from from Clement. They they do seem to be certainly turning a corner, but Leon Jez are not, and I do feel like we're sort of going over the you know old ground a little bit. So I don't want to sort of spend too much time on this. But would you say that Peter Bosch has realistically got maybe two to three weeks to save his job because they have to make a decision soon, don't they, about whether they're going to extend his contract or not? And judging by the Leon fan accounts and a couple that I follow, all does not appear to be well, does it, in in terms of their. Uh, a style of play. Well, no, no. But when you sign like Robin Ferb and, and then Dombele and then you put in a performance like that, I mean, it's it's not not good. A lot of Leon fans aren't blaming Bosch. They think that he hasn't been given anywhere near the sort of means in terms of players that he asked for, let alone any sort of coach would want. So I think some fans would say it's not his fault his hands have been tied a little bit um i think to be fair to them you know going from uh, an impressive relatively impressive comeback win against marseille to then having to play a go to monaco in in a few days is you know a bit of a tough turnover not okay they they had an extra day's rest for marseille but you'd rather play an out of four manger at home than a relatively in form Monaco away off the back of, of, mm. of a midweek match when your opponents had a rest. So I feel slightly sorry for them in that sense. Also, you look at their midfield, like, you know, not long ago, you had Kakare, Gimaraes and, and Nawa sort of turning out regularly um, and, and, you know, forming an understanding. Obviously, Gimaraes is out, Awa's injured, um, Kakare's been brilliant, but he can't do it himself. Mendes is a shadow of the player he was. Um, yes, and Dombele and Fevre have come in, but you know they they both started off the bench, and you can't expect them to immediately sort of hit the ground running or form an understanding with their teammates. So um, there are some mitigating circumstances. Shirky got injured just as he's sort of starting to find a place for himself in the first team. Paqueta probably isn't the player that he was earlier in the season, needs to get back to his top form. Um, but then you can turn around and say, well, a lot of that, I suppose, is down to the manager needing to motivate them. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're still... I mean, they had been on a reasonable run of form, but this has really stopped them in the, in their tracks. But at the same time, there's you know there isn't any shame to losing to a team like Monaco. Um, you know, with... Jean-Lucas inevitably was going to score against them. Um, for me, I think it's just got to be taken in the context of everything else. And even the Marseille match, Lyon were dire in the first half and they're lucky that Marseille were so toothless and bizarrely didn't start Milik. Um, they were a lot better in the second half. And, and the funny thing is that, you know, you mentioned Shakiri's gone to Chicago. A lot of Lyon fans are saying how, um, you know, if he'd left a week earlier, he'd sort of have departed as you know arguably Leon's worst player ever and now instead he'll he'll always be remembered fondly for basically winning the game against Marseille um but yeah it felt like maybe that second half against Marseille was uh, the exception rather than the rule and, that, and that's that's the problem I think 
Yeah, yeah, I do to agree with that. And uh, yeah, it does it does appear that a decision is is pending that one, and you do wonder if if Leon have got a couple of weeks before such decisions are made. Um, as I say, sort of praise to, to Marseille for their win, and indeed Strasbourg, who will have to give some love quite soon, I feel, if this run continues. But I do want to have a little look at the bottom as well. Um, and Phil, we'll touch on, we've kind of covered St Etienne's uh, win over Montpellier, but I wanted to look at a couple of other sides that are down there. Touched on Lorient's win and also Clermont's win. Clermont, two out of two now. Uh, particularly winning away to Nice, that that's no small fare. And as you touched on there, Lauren, I've been on a, a an awful. Run. To be fair, even Mess did that. So. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Fair point. Touche. Um, but uh, yeah, they they they've got to put a good run together. And as I say, Lauren, I've had a, an awful run both home and away. It's been pretty catastrophic. But I always felt like Polizia could get something out of the team if they just had a bit of a refresh. And it seems that the younger players they brought back in excluding the goalkeeping situation, which um, is bizarre. But what do you think, Phil, down there in terms of, like, has anything changed your mind on the weekend's performances from teams to make you think that maybe we can change our minds about who is favourites to go down again? I think um, Saint-Étienne show, have showed signs of putting themselves together. And but Bordeaux haven't. I they were one of the four matches on the multiplex on Sunday afternoon, and basically the entire multiplex was Rance versus Bordeaux because Rance kept scoring, and the the commentators it was the words they were using were. Catastrophe, cauchemar, and yeah, it's what they looked hopeless, seriously hopeless. And of the last five games, they have won one, which was 4 3 versus Strasbourg. I don't know where they pulled that out from because they do not look capable of playing 90 minutes against a decent team. And so I still maintain the bottom five. We've got Trois-Lorient, Metz, Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne are going to be the five kind of competing for the, um, the, the drop. But Bordeaux look really really like they're going to take the bottom spot. If Saint-Étienne get a decent result the weekend, then it changes. And a couple of weeks ago, we wouldn't have thought that because they were so far off. But they have managed to pull it together and Bordeaux haven't. No, I think... Yeah. When you when you look at that, I mean, next weekend we'll come on to it in a minute. But Clermont Saint Etienne is suddenly massive, and then Saint Etienne <laughs> they, they face informed Strasbourg at home, and they go away to PSG before they then play Mets. So they've got like a really big period of fixtures, both sort of tough and winnable around the type of situations. And then you look at Bordeaux, 
uh, away at Lons, home to Monaco, away at Claremont, and it's like, oh, yikes. And when you consider that Bordeaux have conceded, uh, was that nine, 14 goals in three games, that's even in one of those winning, one of those games, I forget, that's uh, more than a little concerning. Um, but just in this round of games, I think there were 30 this weekend, and that's excluding the three from the midweek game. So this was a big, big scoring round of games. Apart from, close your ears, Jess, uh, Trois Mets goalless draw. Mm. There were more goals in the last round, and frankly, I'd rather contribute none <laughs> to the total <laughs> than contribute to, to like we did yeah. last time, but they weren't our goals. What what did you make of those? I mean, the, those two results in particular, then, Jez, I mean, that, the, the Clermont one and, and the L'Oreal win, because it just feels like they're, I mean, I'm sort of a bit biased from the L'Oreal side, but that was a win they, they really needed. But against a side like Lons, who have, have had a really good season, albeit they're off the boil at the moment. And then Clermont, those two wins, seemingly out of nowhere, they were sort of sleepwalking their way down the table. And then they go and beat, albeit a mixed form Wren, but a very much informed Nice, just completely out of out of nowhere. Do you do you think sort of the, both those sides have got enough to to push on up the table? And then you look at sort of rounds of Brest and Angers, there's suddenly a bit of a gap there, but. Do you feel like those two results, much like St Etienne's, is, is enough to, to springboard those clubs upwards if they can get a run together going? I think um, for some teams, sort of Mess, St Etienne included, but Clermont, sort of less so, but more so in a way, a lot depended on sort of how they got through January without all their, the players that had gone to the Cup of Nations. And, and I think that Claremont only sort of the main player of note they lost was, was Bio, but he was obviously their, their main goal scorer. So that was the concern there. And, and the fact that they they've come out of it with with two wins and their position strengthened, I think, is is brilliant for them. For for Lorient, um it's a cliche, but I think you know, when you're at the bottom like that, you've got to sort of focus on getting points in the mini league with the other teams that are down there with you. And then if you get any bonus wins against those higher up, it's it's massive in terms of confidence and in terms of you know buying you a little bit of a cushion if something does go wrong. Um, you know, I, I joked before, but mess beat Nice away. That that at the end of the season could prove crucial. And it certainly means that they're not adrift or, or at the bottom as we speak. So um, I think those, those, you know, whether you stay up or not turns on those little things. But Clermont, I think, already in, in, in a good position to stay up. I think Lorient, I think they've had a good transfer window. Um, I think they've brought in a goal scorer, which obviously is important seeing as Moffi seems to have lost practically all form. Um, Sumano, I don't know a lot about, but I think that's two goals in two games for him as well. So I think you've just got to sort of um, take advantage. If you're playing one of the better teams in their off form, you've just got to make sure you take advantage and then try to get those points or certainly not lose against the teams around you. Um, from a mess point of view, I'm worried because um, I think we said a couple of weeks ago, even though Saint-Étienne were lower, that they show, they seem to have more fight than Bordeaux. So I do think they can get out of it. But also Saint-Étienne had a really good transfer window. Bordeaux had a good transfer window. Um, Mess really didn't. 
and th- my worry for them is that uh, I'd, I'm happy with the nil-nil against away to Troyes. To be honest, we lost the home match, and um, you know, the main thing was not to lose. I think, and probably that's why it was nil-nil. I think that was probably both teams' attitudes. But on the upside, Mess are proving themselves harder to beat, and they have got through the can with a relative. I think that they may be in the same position they were, or even maybe one position higher up than when the can started. But um, you know, they they got a win or two during that time. They got points during that time, and they've really tightened up at the back. The problem is, it's just so difficult to see where any goals are going to come from, and they they didn't strengthen in that area. I mean, they did bring in a striker of sorts, but from the Swiss second division, so I don't think anyone is confident he's going to do anything. They're still suffering from injuries, and that's my worry that other teams around them have been able to strengthen and they haven't. Mm. Yeah, that that's the concern, isn't it? It's like how much of other teams kicked on, uh, whereas Mets may have sort of stayed where they where they were. I guess. Time will tell, and, and those big fixtures coming up are going to be going to be crucial. But yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I do agree. I think Sanetian and, and Laurie in particular had decent transfer windows in terms of the the players they they brought in. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much kind of what I wanted to cover this week in terms of the league. As I say, we will give some some love to a couple of teams that maybe we haven't discussed recently in, in upcoming shows. Particularly, want to keep my eye on Strasbourg, but. Um, Phil, let's uh, just change gears slightly um, to the midweek fixtures in the Cup. Uh, do you want to tell, you already mentioned Monaco playing tonight. Did you want to run through the other ones? So excited. So these are the quarterfinals. We've got Monaco versus SC Amiens tonight, uh, Tuesday. But the one you want to look out for is the game the early game tomorrow, Wednesday, which is the two fourth-tier teams facing up against each other, which is Bergerac Perigord versus Versailles. Now, part of me is sad that they don't both have the chance to go through, but with them playing each other, we know we've got one who's coming to the semi-finals. So I think that's uh that's great. We've then got tomorrow in the late game, Nice versus Marseille. Should be interesting after Nice put PSG out. And then on Thursday, uh Nantes are playing uh Bastia. Remember them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's still going. My phone going off. Let your agent <laughs> ignore that. Um, so we we've got a good mix of teams here, and I think that will be uh, very interesting overall. But yeah, Bergerac versus Versailles tomorrow, which is the. Uh, trying to find, trying to find, trying to find the results and games will be at five thirty UK time on Eurosport de France. So get yourself a VPN, sign in, and enjoy because 
win. I don't know who will be uh, shouting for. I think, given the music, Jess, can you? <laughs> we, we, we may we may be supporting Bergerac, um, hmm. so we'll uh, we'll see about that. But yeah, that's gonna be a great set of fixtures, and possibly a couple of uh, league sides are in there, obviously as well as a fourth tier side. So. And it's not going to be PSG. Well, I was just, I'm just going to say. probably will annoy the shit out of them. Um, well, I, uh, I, beat them in the last round. Well, my thought process on that was, um, you know, it's actually PSG fans, maybe close your ears, but I do feel like people sort of suddenly sit up and take notice when PSG have gone out. And they did, in fact, as you said, lose to Nice. Um, some bloke on this podcast said he quite fancied an upset in that game. I don't know who that was, but yeah, he was right. Um, but yeah, all jokes aside, Nice winning on penalties. Um, Are we counting penalties as an upset? I'll have my day in the sun, Jess. You know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. But, uh... it's, not an, it's not an upset if you're the same league. I thought Nice deserved it as well, based upon I didn't see the game live. I saw the highlights, and that. I thought they, you know, they didn't well, think PSG really offered much. The difference is arguable. Mm. Um, you need to be an upset. It needs to be two leagues or more. I think. I just, I just think in this tournament. It, it, it's almost just like a given that PSG are likely to win it. That's what everyone thinks every year. And when it, it's nice that when somebody else is not going to win it, that you know we can sort of tune in and, and put our put ourselves behind a t- an underdog, maybe or a team that is less fancy to win it. So yeah, I mean, who knows how how far the, the lower sides can go? But just be nice to see a different name on on the trophy. So uh, yeah, we will be we'll be keeping across that for sure in the coming weeks, and we'll see what happens this week's fixtures um, next week. Um, let's just do a, a quick rundown of the week ahead, and then we'll do a couple of pilots and the transfer window and then finish off with something little different uh so the week ahead um in terms of fixtures which will be game week 24 i think i'm right in saying switches to new week there we go uh friday sees psg face rem uh, psg play early this week of course because they got that champions league game the following week uh that should be a decent watch at the pdp you got montpellier against lille on Saturday, which is the 4pm UK slot. Uh, so again, looks like a quite a good one on paper, as indeed does Leon against Nice in that, um, again, fight for Nice to get back on form and stay in the top two and uh, Nice, uh, sorry, Leon, uh, potentially their manager fighting for his job. So that may be worth a, a tune in on Saturday night. Uh, Sunday, I'll be watching Monaco against L'Oreal from behind the sofa. That's the 12 o'clock game. Hanscher <laughs> uh, face Strasbourg. These are the, the multiplex games at 2pm. Uh, Brest against Troyes. Clermont against St Etienne, which, as we said earlier, that one suddenly looks rather large for both sides, particularly, um, you'd say, St Etienne. Uh, Nantes against Ravs is the other 2pm game. And then you've got two in the afternoon slash evening. You've got Lons hosting Bordeaux. Uh, once again, say, even an out-of-form Lons, um, you would expect them probably to roll over this Bordeaux side the way they're playing at the moment. We okay. shall see. And uh, Mets host Marseille. Marseille on a Sunday evening on TV. Um, 
I know you're all shocked and I'm sure Jonathan Pierce will have many factual informational uh, segments to talk about your beloved Mets, Jess. So I'm sure you'll be looking forward to that on Sunday evening. I don't know what the food's like in Mets and I don't know how many Premier League players Mets have provided over the years, but that will probably be the main focus of his attention, I would be sure. Um, but yeah, that one might be a tough one for you, Jess. So uh, I guess we'll see. Both A uh, tough weekend for both of us down at the bottom end. This is the match last year where last... Marseille equalised in the 101st minute after yes. the final whistle had gone. Yes, so, I remember. You know, no prizes for guessing who the refs will be leaning towards. No, uh, shithousery at its finest. That That's, I think last season only two teams conceded goals after the final whistle and they were Brighton and Mess. Yes, they were. The Man United game, yeah, I remember that as well. God, you're jinxed. You're jinxed. Um, just very quickly, while I've got you, Jez, uh, we're just going to rattle down the sort of transfer windows of a couple of clubs. I'm just going to kind of pick out a couple of deals uh, as we go down. So we mentioned Ben Arthur going to Lille's, probably the highlight uh, of Lille's particular inward window. Jonathan Icone going to Fiorentina, we mentioned before. Um, here's one that caught me off guard, Jez. Um, Yusuf Yuzici going to CSK Moscow. I found that a little bit, um, a little bit strange. Do you? I know he wasn't exactly playing a lot recently, but he had such a good season last year. Just a bit caught off guard by that one. Yeah, that's the thing. He just seems to have fallen off a cliff. He had that brilliant season, particularly with them um, in the Europa League. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's happened with him. No, um, no. you know, Yilmaz has also Dropped lost the a lot of the planet compared to last year. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's something with the players or coaching Govinac system maybe. not getting on Govinac as well as Galtier. I don't know, but yeah, considering he's not playing, it makes sense to let him go. But yeah, it's a shame because he's a quality player. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Bit of an odd one. Um, PSG no ins as such, um, unless you count um, uh, Innocent. I think was re- oh, it's the end of his loan, wasn't it? So he's just coming back. Um, but two two noticeable outward departures. Rafinha, who never really cut it at PSG, did he? He's gone to Sociedad on loan. And uh, Sergio Rico, the goalkeeper, has gone to Mallorca also on loan. That's uh, the main ones uh, for PSG. Um, Pietro Pellegrini has left Monaco. Much hype when he signed, but that hasn't worked out. Um, so he's gone back. That's on loan as well, isn't it? Yeah, on loan to AC Milan, I think it is. Um, end of loan. So, yeah, it just hasn't really worked out. Oh, he's got, sorry, he's gone to Torino now, hasn't he? Yes, yeah, he's gone to Torino this, this window. So, yeah, a bit of a shame that because I do think he's a good little player, but still. Speaking um, of AC Milan, can we mention who their match winner was the other day? Uh, can we mention who? Sorry, what, 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 what? Milan's match winner in the derby the other day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, go for gold if you uh, if you wish. Uh, are we, are we talking about two, a certain Olivier Giroud here? Two goals for Olivier Giroud. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. Two very good goals as well, has to be said. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, still doing it. Still doing it. Um, we mentioned Roman Fev and Tengi and Dembele arriving. The year in. anniversary mm-hmm. of the of the league arm win. Oh, the Montpellier title win. Come yeah. on. Good days, good days. They seem so far away now, don't they? Um, we, yeah, sorry, I had to go there. Um, yeah, Leon's um, outward departures, um, no real sort of major ones, but Slimani uh, has gone sporting. Off. 
on a free i was just going to say excluding giverish that's a big <laughs> one but uh no other i should have said no other departures uh, marcelo we knew was was off he's gone to bordeaux um, and yeah uh, slimani going to sporting uh, marseille we knew about bocambu and kalasanach dario benedetto has gone to elche uh, in fact he's gone to boca juniors on a free i think actually now since he came back um and they signed uh, this one caught my eye they signed um uh, uh, Gigo from uh, Spartak Moscow. Now, wasn't this a loan the other way? Because I got really confused by this one. Uh, or is it a loan in? Because no, I think they signed him, but have loaned him back. Oh, they've loaned him back. Okay, that's that makes sense. And this website's the most convoluted way of showing fixtures. But yeah, I, I always quite liked him. But still, Jordan Marvi went to Nice, which we know about. Um, elsewhere, just looking down this list now of any others that. That catch my eye. Uh, Brother Varan out at Lens. I think he's gone to Rodez. Is that I believe it is? Because um, I know we, we talked about him pre season, didn't we? About the other Varan brother, the one they keep in the attic. Uh, nice mentioned about Amavi uh, Barbosa. They've got from Brazil, uh, from Palmeiras, end of loan on that one. That's another bit of a strange deal going on there. And Robson Bamboo. The centre back, um, I believe he's gone out on loan to Corinthians. So there's not really much going on there. Um, Mets's window, Jez, you talked about it. So you're not really, not particularly sold on any of those deals. Well, in two or three defenders, which you know aren't the worst deals in the world. Not, I mean, I quite like Amadou. I thought he was decent at Lille. Yeah, Fali Conde had a decent debut, but um, that's not where the issue is. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. It's the goal scoring that you're concerned about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is uh, a little bit of a tough one to to um to marriage up. Um, we did mention St Etienne though; they've they've done a couple of deals, haven't they? Um, Mangala was an interesting one. I thought I didn't realise he was out of contract anywhere, but um, Bakary Sako, Yoris Nyangyong, former Ren player. Um, yeah, a couple of decent deals there too. I think we mentioned last week and Crivelli. That one went under my radar. I must admit, um, on loan from Basak Shakir. That really caught me unawares, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, a couple of, couple of decent deals there. Uh, we mentioned Bordeaux last week as well. Um, Joshua Gilavogi, I had no idea he was 31. That, that also kept caught me completely unawares, but he's arrived from Wolfsburg. Um, and they've released Koscielny, I think I'm right in saying now, after all that hoo-ha about his contract, etc. And Josh Madger also... And they've given him a job or promise of a job sort of upstairs in order to... Be able uh-huh. to afford to let him go. Or something. Uh, how lovely of them. Um, come, come home, Lauren. Always forgiven. I'd love to see him return to Lauren for the last part of his career. But I guess as a free agent, he is now kind of free to do what he wishes, whether it be put a suit on or continue playing. I guess that with the way his body's been, he probably would quite be quite happy just to, to sit in office for a bit. But we shall see. Um, other than that, the only other, one, the other ones that caught my eye, uh, we mentioned before, Neville Bentaleb scoring for Angers um, against Marseille. He's come in, decent bit of business. That one uh, scrolls down the list. I can't see any others that really caught my eye, to be honest. Uh, De Coure came into Strasbourg from Valenciennes. Um, no, I'm looking down. Ibrahim Okone, by the way, from Lorient, he was captured from uh, Salzburg, who were in the Norwegian League. He scored goals over there. Be interesting to see how that works out. And uh, Gerbich left Lorient to go to Vitesse, which is uh, an interesting one as well. Um, and I think just scrolling down, I think that's kind of the only big transfers. Twelve. The only one I'd mention is that 
um, Reims signed Jens Kajust, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, to be honest, Kusta, I don't know, um, Swedish player who's very, very well regarded. Oh, I was going to say, like cracking signing. yeah, this the, he's got quite a big following, hasn't he, in terms of yeah. like the, the YouTube people and people that have seen him play a little bit, yeah, so yeah, he could be one. And if he's any, if he's anywhere near as good as, I don't know, you look at someone like Lovro Mayer, for example, who, who was signed without anyone really knowing too much about him and has become a star in Liga. Hopefully that will be another one to add to the ranks. So there you go. There's the transfer window. Not too much going on. Um, before we wrap up this week, and uh, we are going to kind of call ahead to the pod there, um, I'm just going to give my two panelists an opportunity and I'll say a few words as well. Um, for those people who may be new to French football or, or indeed those that have been around for a while, when you watch French football coverage, it's not always about us moaning about BT Sport. You do actually come across some some uh, some really talented uh, commentators, journalists, um, you know, people who write about the game, speak about the game in all, all different walks of life from all different types of backgrounds, UK based, French based, overseas based. And sometimes, a, you know, a name or a, a commentary style just comes across really well and, and you start to familiarise yourself with that name. And, and when that that person is suddenly no longer with us, it, it really has quite an impact. And I think uh, maybe I'll start with you, Phil, on, on this one. The the sad passing of, of uh, David Crossland this week, um, I think he was just 43. I, I must confess, I don't know the circumstances behind, uh, you know, whether he had an illness or not, but I know it was very sudden. Just really sad, isn't it, for for both, obviously, him and his his family, of course, but to, to French football as a whole and, and to the community, he was just a very, very well-liked and very well-respected uh, gentleman in the game, wasn't he? He was indeed. Um, I didn't have m- much interaction with him, but I always appreciated what he said, what he was about, the different way he talked about football. He was a poet well. There's, um, I saw uh, recently the, I think the one of the League podcast where they finished with one of his poems and it was beautiful. He was a, a, a great fan and a very articulate person who expressed a a lot of uh, very personal stuff in amongst all the football stuff. And I think that made him very special. And obviously we um, give our best wishes and our love to his parents, to his partner and to all his friends. And he had so many friends. Yeah. So many friends. And it's been a tough week. And yeah. that's because he was a special person and we miss him. Yeah. Yeah, so. well said. Well said. And uh, and Jez, I, I would imagine you would have crossed paths with uh, DC a fair bit in terms of like your, your writing and, and work across podcasts as well. Um just just as Phil touched on there, just just a genuinely humble guy. And I think listening to the podcast that, that Phil made reference to there, provided by BT, but sort of the official League Game podcast. I know um they had the full crew on there. I thought Matt 
Spiro uh, spoke very, very well of him, uh, sort of summed up perfectly sort of in, in terms of his personal friendship. I know it hit Matt quite hard. Um, what was your memories of, of coming into contact with Dave and what's your sort of thoughts on the legacy he leaves behind? Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, there's the sort of job bit and the personal bit and job bit. I think he's just, he was an excellent commentator. He obviously covered top 14 rugby as well. So, you know, it wasn't just about football and it clearly really highlighted his love of, of kind of all things French and French culture. Um, and on a personal level, just um, clearly sort of a bon viveur, a good, good sense of humour, which he, you know, found the right balance, letting that into his his work as well as sort of more personally and and just for me, you know, times sort of he gave me some some you know really good advice on a couple of things, whether it's sort of podcasting or, or a couple of articles that I'd written. So, um, you know, it was really kind of him to to give me his time, which not everyone does. Um, you know, you can always just drop someone a DM and and ask for. Um, a hand or something and and some people politely say no some completely ignore you and some are only willing to help and he definitely fell into into the last category and sort of going back to the the commentary bit and and the it's it sort of hits you harder because I know we we sort of joke a lot about you know, having to defend Lee Gang, we joke about, or not joke actually, but talk about, you know, how certain commentators really phone it in and treat it with complete disdain. But um, I think because of that, we sort of close our ranks. It's not, you know, it's not the Premier League. It's, you know, it is quite a small group of us who, you know, in the sort of English speaking world do love Lee Gang, sort of want to kind of, um defend it and promote it and all that kind of thing and and I guess David was sort of part of that community so it's sort of because it's such a small community it 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 hits you a bit more and then also was one of its best kind of um the best members of the community in terms of um as I said sort of sharing things between us but also in terms of um being one of the best kind of at highlighting and promoting um, Liga and what's so good about it. So you know, he, he really will be missed on a professional and a personal level. Yeah, yeah, I think that's perfectly put by both of you. I couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. And um, I, I just say I didn't have a, any sort of direct interaction with him myself, but just as to say that it's a very familiar style and as, as Phil touched on, his, his poetry always, always brought a smile on my face whenever he did. He did one at Christmas, I seem to remember and, yeah, just just so sad. And I think it does make us all um, have that kind of moment where you just sit there and think, yeah, life is quite fragile, really, isn't it? And if you are a football fan or a fan of anything that you do or you have a passion about, you, you've got to enjoy it and, um, and and don't take life too seriously. It's all about the here and now. So, uh, yeah, Godspeed, David. And um, thank you for the for the memories and indeed the contributions uh, in your time. We will leave it there this week, though. Uh, thank you very much for listening, as always. Really appreciate all of the listeners that uh, tune in for us. And uh, thank you once again for being understanding in our schedules. It is a little bit of sometimes Monday, sometimes Tuesdays at the moment because uh, life gets in the way, as we always say. But um, we always try to give our best to provide you with a podcast each week. So thank you for being patient. 
we will of course return next week to uh discuss the weekend's action and of course we'll have a little bit of a preview towards uh french clubs in europe where uh, that particular machine gets back underway again next week as well so uh, my thanks <clears throat> to both phil and jez for their time this evening thank you both thank you and uh, once again just amazing me thank you a lot of listener we appreciate you we love you uh, enjoy your french football and we'll speak to you very soon <laughs>